0: Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> what is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Quartz House Sound Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh O'Hoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Obviously, UC Vegas 61 going down on Saturday. Bellator 85 went down last Friday. Obviously, Bellator also having a card this weekend as well. As well as a bunch of news to go over before we get into all of that. As always, we're brought to you by Rogue Energy. If you want 10% off your order at RogueEnergy.com, use the code SOUNDOFF at checkout. That's code SOUNDOFF at checkout for 10% off of all your energy needs. I uh, went on vacation last week. You know what I had with me? I Rogue Energy shaker ball. I was running everywhere, doing tons of tons of things, tons of stuff, and uh, I was really getting tired. But guess what? I had my energy. I was fueled up. I was caffeinated. I was all good. And you can be as well. RogueEnergy.com, code SOUND off, ten percent off. This Saturday night uh, from UC Apex, which will be empty, by the way, in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, a women's strawweight main event, main event, uh, overall, man, I feel like normally women don't get too many main events if they're not like a title fight or a number one contenders fight. This is actually a pretty solid, in my opinion, a women's strawweight fight between two middle of the pack contenders, Mackenzie Dern and Yan Xiaonan. Mackenzie Dern, obviously a rising star in this weight class, uh, 29, 29 years young, one. Uh five of her last six fights up, one loss being a fight of the night loss to Marina Hadjiga's last October. She rebounded with a split decision winner with Tisha Torres in April, and now she is facing Yanjanan, who's lost two fights in a row, getting a brutal matchup here. Um, uh, they both acknowledged that they won't get a title shot with a win. That's what they both said anyway. I actually kind of disagree. I think that if either one of them gets a huge win, they could be right next to the line. Uh, but as far as the fight goes, man, what do you think? And what do you think
1: the stakes are on this one? It's hard. I think I think they are definitely pushing here to potentially be in, in a title shot position, right? Obviously, like, right there. Uh, Matchup-wise, though, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? I think with McKenzie, the big thing is, is, like, look, Fujitsu's great, right? Like That's undoubtedly a fact at this point. We're all aware of that. Her big thing is getting to fight down to the ground. And we've seen that be the issue, re- I mean, in her last fight against... Uh, Oh, my God, the Brazilian gal. I would skip uh, her name. is uh.
0: Ren I mean, guys,
1: Yeah, you know, she, we saw that when the fight hit the ground, it was good. But the issue was she couldn't get it back there. Mm-hmm. And I think with her, and look, the good thing we've noticed is she's starting to get a little bit more comfortable with her striking. Obviously, it's not clean. It's not there. It's not perfect. But it's uh, at least she's getting some more confidence. She should continue to build up that confidence so that way she could set up takedowns. And she needs to create a, and she needs to learn a variety of takedowns. you will know, be able to threaten in different ways. And if not, not also just trying to get a double leg and take her down, but on the top, uh, as far as like putting her up against the cage, working her, working a takedown through the cage, or throwing it through a toss or whatever. Just a, another way that's just, you know, not just trying to get her down there in and, and, and some commotion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and for her counterpart, I mean, look, she's, she's good on the feet strong on the ground though and it's something we've seen out of that whole let's say the whole asian region as a whole not even necessarily we're not going to out just china even though japan is, has a lot of strong jiu-jitsu players you've seen that a lot of good guys come out of there but specifically the chinese fighters you know and, and I, know I was trying to say all asia but i guess i will have to target the chinese fighters do we see that when it comes to the ground and and, and and mainly wrestling jiu-jitsu you know we could make an argument for there's a weakness, you know, outside of Wei Lee, we've seen her, you know, kind of start improving in those parts and be able to do some stuff because uh, she already had some capabilities there. But we saw that she had trouble and she would get controlled and get put on her back. Uh, so she has something to work on there. But, yeah, I think if the fight sits the ground, it greatly favors uh, Mackenzie. Obviously, I think we know that if it stays on the feet, I think it's going to be Yon's fight. But the thing is, McKenzie's struggling this the fight there. And it's it and and uh, if I uh, unless we have something different in this fight and, and we see something in the training camp, I don't think it's gonna be a good time for her on the feet, especially if she can't take uh uh Yanja now and down. Uh, mm-hmm. she's gonna struggle a lot and she's gonna get uh, touched up on the feet and uh get hit with a variety of strikes that are gonna be a lot and overwhelming for her. I mean, she can't just have can't be throwing that overhand right constantly and hoping it lands and then hoping to get a takedown off that. Mm-hmm. She needs to be setting up more. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree, but in terms of matchups, I do disagree a little bit. I do think that this is actually a matchup that is very um, beneficial to Mackenzie Duren. How about that? I think in terms of getting the fight to the mat, that's always been her biggest issue. Obviously, once she gets it there, she's a monster. She's arguably she has arguably the best jujitsu in the entire UFC, men or woman. Like she's a savage on the mat. But honestly, I really don't even think she really needs to get the fight there. Honestly, I think even she could just possibly hit a trip. She could get the fight into the clinch and find something. She didn't even get Tisha Torres out to of the mat and nearly ripped her arm off with a fucking, you know, like a um a kimura. I think this is uh, and on the mat, I also think that like Jeanne probably has a wrestling advantage, but jujitsu wise, it's not a big contest. I think Mackenzie Jordan's gonna big gonna get a big win here. I think probably be a submission. And here is my bold prediction: that I think she gets a title shot next, actually with the win. Um, she said, like, during media day yesterday, that she's like, yeah, I don't think I'll get one. The division's stacked right now, yada, yada, yada. I don't think she realizes just how close she is. Like, Marine Rodriguez is there, but it's pretty clear they have zero interest in giving her a title shot. I mean, For Maria some Hadriguez, reason,
1: which is she, weird.
0: Yeah, she's beat, she, what, seven fights in a row or something, and she's like... And she's entertaining. She's not boring. No, I mean, she's had some really, really fun fights recently. She's had but a fight, lot of... He, a lot, and I mean a lot
1: of decisions, but she is capable of finishing fights, it's just yeah, yeah she, she's not that doesn't get him often
0: <laughs> okay, so she's not won seven fights in a row, I was way off on that, but she's won four in a row so to lost to the champ with a split uh, as far as then she's beaten He-Boss by knockout, Watterson by decision Dern by decision, which is a fight of the night, and he's on on by decision which is a split, and she's gonna fight Amanda Limosh in November, I don't think even if Marina Hydrick gets wins that one, she's going to get a title shot. It's pretty clearly you are interested in pushing her. I get it, she's like thirty six, but like, I think Mackenzie Drain gets a win here. And I think she gets a title shot. But the way that you're speaking it seems like you don't necessarily agree. Do you think she gets the win on Saturday?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go Yon Shawn out, man. I'm gonna go odds. I'm gonna split it here.
0: Hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. In the co main event, this is really supposed to be uh Sadiq Youssef versus um oh my god, Giga Chikadze. That fight ended up being scrapped, uh, Giga ended up having to pull out. Sadiq's now on the uh he's on the main card still, he's fighting Don Shanis, who is USC Newcomer. Um What an opportunity though, right? Yeah, good opportunity for him. But now in the co main event spot is this honestly kind of a banger up at Walter Wade. Neither one of these guys are ranked, but uh fighting style wise, they're both very entertaining and they could arguably be ranked. Francisco Tornaldo, forty four years young, somehow riding a two fight winning streak, has won five of his last six. And that shredded. one loss is to Muslim Salakov back in June twenty twenty one, taking on Randy Brown, who has looked as good as ever. Um, huge for the weight class, obviously six three, riding a three fight winning streak. Uh, B K last was uh, in action, beat Chaos Williams in May. This is a solid fight up at 170, man. What do you think?
1: I love it, man. I, I think this is going to be action. Uh, potential fight of the night. I think multiple potential fight of the night, too. Even even the main, uh, you know, I'll even argue the main fight. But uh, uh, for Randy Brown and Francisco Tornado, man, I mean, 44 years old, man. I mean, eventually he has to end, right? I mean, but, I mean, Jarrell Rivera is still fighting. Uh, fuck you. Glover Teixeira won a title. I mean, who the fuck am I to judge anybody or age anybody out of any any kind of success, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyways, I'm going to go Randy Brown. I'm going to go Randy Brown. He actually impress- Dude, I didn't think that Chaos fight was going to go the way it did. I thought Chaos was going to go out there and actually knock him out originally. Really? Yeah. yeah, I thought Chaos was going to win that. He actually surprised me in that. But he's got a nice little win streak going there. Jared Gooden, uh, Axel Rivera, and uh, potentially Francisco Ternaldo here this weekend. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, man, I think this is a uh, super interesting fight. I think mean, this is one that Chernobyl can absolutely win. But I got to agree, man, Randy Brown's a guy that um he's 32. So we shouldn't, I mean, you don't really think of a guy peaking at 32. That seems to be what's happening here, man. I mean, his last one five, his last six, that one loss of really entertaining fight with Luke back in August 2020. Um I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go same here, man. I'm going to go ahead and take Randy Brown to get the win. I think he's looked great as of late. And, uh, Tornado can absolutely pull this one off. I mean, at, at, at this point, we probably should stop doubting him. But, uh, yeah, I am going to go and take Randy Brown, man. Um, rest of the card, though, not huge on names. I feel like there's a story for a lot of fight nights recently, but not huge on names in terms of, like, pure fights. Couple of
1: bangers in here, man. Which ones are you most looking forward to? I think one down, man. Uh, Honey Barcelo's, uh, uh, Trevin Jones. Look, you look at Trevin Jones' record, you know, 13 and 8, not the prettiest on paper. But man, can that guy fucking fight? I mean, when he wins he gets finishes, man, and they're uh they're sick. And if not, he'll get finished too in the process and or and or take a lot of damage. I mean mm-hmm. he, that guy comes out here to bang. You know, I think that's the one important thing. And dangerous for Barcellos, man, you never know. I mean, it's M M A, man. Anything could happen. He's thirty five and he's running a two streak. Victor Henry Timor Violet, both tough ass dudes, banger of a fight. I Man, what the fuck? I completely forgot that Victor Henry fight was this year. Fight of the year contender in my yeah. opinion. I no, mean one
0: hundred percent.
1: Yeah. I mean that that I mean right there, potential fight of the night written right there.
0: hmm Yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean that is that is an excellent fight right there. Um <clears throat> arguably the best fight on the main card in terms of action, but uh yeah, man. Be shout out Sadiq Yusuf. That's gonna be the I main no offense to Don James, but you're essentially walking into the fucking lion's den. If you're fighting Sadiq Youssef in your first UFC fight, I mean, Jesus Christ. Um, but, yeah, man, that should be fun on the main card. John Castagna uh, is going to be back. He's riding a two-fight winning streak. Knocked out Eddie Weiland, beat Miles Johns. He's looked good as of lating on Daniel Santos. That's a catchweight, up at 140. They did not announce why, but it is going to be a catchweight. <clears throat> uh, also returning is Mike Davis is apparently going to be opening up the card against Vasha Borishev. Banger right
1: there, right? I mean, someone's
0: bound to get finished in that. 100%. 100%. Um, the prelims, though. I think the prelims, like... The Battle of the Boomers, dude. Battle of the Boomers. I mean, let's just get straight into that one. Alexi Olenek, who secured his, what, 60th win? Beautiful. Earlier yeah. this year, in
1: Beautiful.
0: April. Uh, taking on Alir Latifi. Dude, Alir Latifi, you don't think about it. He's been out of action for a long time. He's been out since June 2021. Before that, he took off a year and a half. Um... Very interesting fight up at heavyweight. I think this one's going to be, honestly, probably a banger. 45 years old, Olenek, taking on the 39-year-old, Latifi. For some reason, I thought Latifi was a lot older. Um, Also on the undercard, Jessica Panay is back, taking on Tabitha Ricci. Should be a banger there. I mean, you know. Um, Christoph Jotko, Brendan Allen, very surprised that one's not on the main card. That,
1: that, That is so weird. I feel like those guys deserve to be on the main card.
0: Yeah, I assume so, especially considering it's, like, they're both, they're not, I don't think either one of them are ranked in middleweight, but they could both very easily be ranked. in mean, Brendan Allen, two fight winning streak, four was last five. Christoph Jocko, uh, two fight winning streak, five is last six. I mean, it's just kind of bizarre that that one's on the prelims, but, you know, um, it is what it is. But, uh, also on the prelims, uh, Guido Canetti, who is, he's another, he's another boomer. Um, he's 42. He, uh, last time out, he knocked out Chris Mutino and uh, he's going to take on Randy Costa. That is going to be a, a...
1: Yeah, he knocked he knocked Chris Moutinho out of the UFC,
0: dude. Yeah, he did. Randy Costa, I'm I'm, I'm a fan of that kid, man. Um, he's taking on Adrian Giannis and Tony Kelly. He's lost his last two, but, yeah, that should be a bang of a fight right there, man.
1: Any, any fights I may have miss, Dude, these two names I haven't heard. of: Maxine Grishin and Felipe Lenz. Dude, I feel like I haven't heard those names in an eternity. Mm-hmm. I uh, believe fought earlier this year, but he had taken a two-year layoff. Fought in 2020 twice, Arlowski and Bowser. I felt like Lens was just—I I completely forgot that he was in the UFC. Yeah, I, I, dude. And honestly, I, saying. and I forgot he fought this year. Same with Maxine Grisham, dude. It's fucking 38 years old, and he fought William Knight earlier this year. I so just in my head, but he's still around, man. Still, still getting fights. Both both guys from the PFL a little PFL and PFL action right there.
0: Yeah. I didn't I honestly forgot he's in the UC. But uh yeah, good job highlighting that one, man. Um <clears throat> should be should be a fun card overall on Saturday. Um but there's more MMA this week. But before we actually get into that, we gotta go back to last week. Because Bellator was in Dublin and to be quite honest, man, they should just make this their new home. I mean at least, like, they should go more there more
1: often, at the very least. I mean, they're going to um, go back. They are. Gonna... They
0: are. I don't know when, but they're going to go back soonish. Um, I think it's just a start of next year. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I love that they are going to Dublin again. Because Delta 285 from the three arena in Dublin, Ireland last Friday was a banger of a card, dude. I mean, super fun. And in the main event, <clears throat> Benson Henderson taking on Peter Queeley again. The love they give Peter Queeley, man, the the Irish people, is awesome to see. It really is. Uh, But sadly, that amazing walkout was essentially all that went right for him on Friday. Uh, Benson Anderson, just a vintage performance. Despite the fact that he's, what, 38 now? I mean, he looked damn good. Uh, ends up winning by unanimous decision scorecards being 49-45, 49-45, 49-45. He lost a, a point in round two for a low blow. Uh, that's the only real miscue that he had. Uh Dude, Benson Henderson, 38 years old, two-fight winning streak. Um, I thought he would get a title shot, to be honest with you, after this win. But uh it looks like, which we'll, we'll talk about later in the show, it looks like that's not going to be the case. But as far as the performance goes, what do you think about his uh, her his performance and what could possibly be next one?
1: It was good. It was solid. I mean, it, it was as good as it could be. I think for a guy his age and the the, the caliber fighter he was against. Obviously, we we, we would have loved to see the finish, but he he got it rolling quick, man. Uh, definitely that uh, low blow kind of changed the pace of the fight, though, because it seemed like Peter had started off really good as far as like pacing wise. He you know he he wanted to go. He was going forward. He was doing his thing, and then. That, after the low blow, it just wasn't the same pacing out of him. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, Benson Anderson, he's kind of interesting. We talked about this in the green room. Like, he's older now. He's very clearly slowed down. But at the same time, like, he still has such a good mind for the game. And he's just so technically proficient that. Honestly, he, he doesn't really have too many problems unless he's fighting with the top, top, top tier of the division. And I like Peter Quilly a lot, but, like, yeah, I think it's become readily apparent in his last two fights that, like, he's not he's not that guy. You know what I mean? He's a fun fighter, absolutely. You match him up with some, with some guys, you can have some really fun fights, um, especially if they're not, like, the lower end of things or if they're not ranked. But when
1: you're talking to a guy like
0: Benson Henderson...
1: He should fight like, uh, Georgie Karahani, something like that, dude. I feel like that'd be a good fight. I think, yeah, for,
0: especially since Georgie's had had a rough run, but, um,
1: yeah, that'd be an awesome
0: fight, especially if they, when they go back to Dublin, if they want to have that main event or co-main event, that's a solid fight right there, but when it comes to a fight like this, that's Henderson to Savage, and, uh, I'm not surprised about this, the one this way, uh, let me I'm not surprised the one, how this, how this fight went. I think that, uh. Yeah, it was always gonna go this way. Especially like Peter Quillie, like, just matchup-wise this Sweden was really rough for him. And I'd also think that, like, because he beat, uh, and I think his, what, second War fight? Like, it kind of overshot a lot of expectations for the kid. Um but yeah, I mean, at least, at least he has awesome walkouts every time, so that's a positive. But I feel like the Coleman event, honestly, dude, was way, way more anticipated. And uh, for a variety of reasons. In the end, I don't know if the fight lived up to the hype in terms of entertainment, but it was a devastating finish. Melvin <laughs> Manoff, obviously, uh, this is going to be his final fight. We'll talk about him in a minute. Um, but y'all Romero, who, you know, mixed mixed tides in Bellator to, to a degree. I mean, he lost to Phil Davis in a really boring, bad fight, honestly. Uh, he knocked out Alex Pelosi, but we knew Pelosi was a late replacement, and you know, he wasn't even ranked or anything like that. taking on a ranked guy, Melo Manov, a savage, I mean. And in the end, he just, I mean, he, <laughs> he murdered him. I mean, like, it looked like he fucking killed him, dude. Uh, and then in round three, he gets him down, gets into half guard. I remember thinking while watching it, I'm like, hmm, this is the same position that he finished Machita from, just elbows from the top, just ruthlessly. I thought he killed Machita at the time. And he ends up nearly murdering Manhoff in the same exact way. Uh, he gets the third round knockout, puts him out cold with the elbows. Dude, Yoel Romero, he's 45. And he, he's he's from Cuba, so he might be 55. But.
1: <laughs>
0: God damn, he's still so dangerous, man. Especially third round Yoel. I called it last week. I was like, third round finish, man. But even then, I didn't expect it to honestly come in the fashion that it did. Dude, give me your thoughts on his performance. I know that he's he's talked about. Going down weight and capturing a belt, maybe he'll stay at 205 and fight for the title there. I think in terms of name value and the rankings-wise, either thing makes sense. Um, what do you think about moving forward for Yola? What do you think about his performance on Friday?
1: I mean, solid performance, man. I mean, he's older, and he's still up here. I mean, I mentioned him earlier, I mean, uh, as far as, like, old guys still doing their thing. And shit, he's still doing it, man. And he's, he's doing it, and he's finishing fights. That's the thing. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. not getting... These veteran technical decisions, you know, he's uh, he's uh, he's doing what he has to do, and when he sees the opportunity and sees it, gets him out of there. As far as the move to uh, you said the move to uh, one eighty
0: five. Yeah, he's talking about doing, you know, staying up at two hundred five or moving down.
1: If you can make the weight and you want to chase that dream, go for it. Right, I, I, I he could beat Johnny Evelyn. You know, who knows? I think it's possible.
0: I agree, but I'm going to take a bit of an uh, unpopular opinion here.
1: I mean, I, I think he should to, stay at
0: 205, I but. I agree. I agree as well. I mean, I think, like, I don't think it would go well for him if he fights, like, a guy like Corey Anderson and, or Nemkov or... Obviously, we saw what happened when he fought Phil Davis. I think those was probably the top three guys in the division. But, like, dude, like, the Rumble fight, if Rumble ends up coming back, that's right there. I think it was... The star power is, is heavier at 205 versus 185. And also, I don't want to see him make that cut again. I mean, the guy's only getting older, and he was having trouble making 185 when he left the UFC, and that was, what, three years ago? I mean, it's just <clears> – <throat> it would not be a good thing for him to try and move down, especially to try and make championship weight and so on and so forth. I think for well, I'd love to see him stay at 205, uh, especially if he continues putting guys' lights out like he did on Friday. But, you know – there's so many questions around Yo. We'll see what happens with him. But as far as Melvin Mannhoff goes, that was the last fight of his uh, historic career. He decides to call it quits at uh, 46 years old. I believe that's the first – this is a fun fact for you guys. I believe that's the first time in Yo Romero's career that he's older, uh, younger than somebody. Uh, in, in, in Opponent-wise, I mean, he's always been the older guy. Uh, Melvin was older, older than him by one year. So there you go. Uh, but anyways, he calls it quits just the all – one of the most all-time – like, action fighters. I mean, he went to decision five times out of 51 fights. Um, his kickboxing, he had an incredible kickboxing career, which was just entertaining, as there, uh, entertaining there as well. In terms of Melvin Manhoff, uh, what is the fight you're going to most remember
1: him for? And can you kind of give me your thoughts on him deciding to call it quits? I mean, he was that action guy, dude. You know, you got you got to say it. I mean, the, the, dog, color, the dog collar is un, un- unforgotten. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Some of the most entertaining walkouts in in UFC history, and uh, a menace to be reckoned with. You know, <laughs> uh, uh, thank you for being around and and entertaining us. Just sometimes, even despite your your own well being. You know, I think that was something that he kind of did a lot. Uh, you know, I'm gonna uh, he had a fight in one against this uh, Japanese guy's I can't remember his name. Or something? I, I I love it because of the Schwartz the the his opponent, dude. They're literally like tidy whities with like an <laughs> X on the back, and he's doing this like kind of elusive, kind of like a drunken style. His, his opponent is, and then bam, he just hits him with a right and puts him out. Like like early on in the first round, just, <laughs> it's not very action packed, but I do remember seeing it because of the I saw the highlight on Instagram like a while back.
0: Yeah, I mean, dude, he is. uh I think that like this, may, this may be a hot take to some people. I don't think it is whatsoever, but I think he's one of the best fighters to never fight the UFC. I mean, you got to think that's a pretty short list, honestly. Like it's it's like Fedor, Shinya Aoki, a couple of home homegrown, homegrown Bellator guys, and then there's Gerslav, Melvin. You know, a yeah. few guys. Yeah, and then and then it's and then it's Melvin. I mean, the guy was a fucking savage. I mean. He beat a lot of, a lot of people forget, like, some people think he's just an action guy, but, like, he was a former Cage Rage champion. He beat some bad dudes in his prime. Knocked out, uh, Evangel- Evangelista uh, Santos, Cyborg Santos, uh, which, by the way, underrated banger. One of the most underrated fights ever. That was just an absolute war. They knocked him out back in Cage Rage. Beat Ian Freeman. Um, he beat Rob, Mark Hunt. I mean, he just, Dennis Kang tons of banger strategies he, he fought off. a lot oh. of tough
1: guys dude even if he didn't win i mean he fought robbie lawler tim kennedy gokansaki like you you also gotta credit that gay guard like
0: yeah that's the thing though he was he was willing to fight anybody anytime any place a lot
1: of fighters say that he
0: was actually that dude like
1: any rule set of that, that to kickboxing you know mma i mean he did it did a variety of ways damn right he
0: did man and uh
1: the, the thing I'm going to remember most, I think, it's probably going to be that
0: Mark Hunt fight, man. I mean, fighting Mark Hunt up at heavyweight, outweighed by, I don't even, think, I don't even know how much it was. It was eight, I don't remember the exact number, but it was like between eighty and a hundred pounds. Like it was something crazy, and just goes out there and ices Mark Hunt in like twenty seconds. I mean, it's just something yep. insane. I mean, he yep. was, yep. yeah. And I believe that was like in a K1 Dynamite. That shit was just. Yeah, man. I mean, there's there's tons of there's tons of other good memories too. If we're looking for like more recent ones, I didn't watch that fight live. In terms of a fight I watched live, his uh, his war with Alexander Shamenko was dope. Um, two fights with Carvalho was pretty good too, right? Uh, the 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 first one sucked and it was a terrible. It's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen. Uh, uh, but the second fight was entertaining. First, second fight was. Um,
1: it ended up going his way, but it was pretty fucking yeah. good.
0: And then the fight with so- the knockout of Asaki Asaki Koto was like really good in his prime. Nobody talks about him anymore, but uh. Yeah, that's a guy I wonder what happened to him, honestly, not gonna lie. Like Hisaki Aki Koto. I I know that he's in K one these days, but like as far as MMA goes, like he fell off the face of the planet. So um yeah, man. Melvin Manoff, incredible career. Probably should have called the quits a little bit before this, but uh it is what it is, you know. Um A little before this? <laughs> I mean, hey he had a little bit of a run, you know, a couple of years ago. Um hey, not you're too long ago.
1: Yeah, wrong, it is what it is. I mean but it is what it is. But sadly, anyways. I think, like, a lot of people will remember him for his low lights rather than his highlights, sadly. Well, I will
0: not. I will remember him. Oh,
1: for... Giga Chad Josh. I will oh. remember him for the good
0: times. The good times, Angel. But uh,
1: Giga Chad Josh. You love Goddamn to see right.
0: Goddamn right. But, uh, God, anyway. Someone give Josh a
1: kiss. Oh, fuck off. Anyways.
0: So, um, yeah, man. Rest of the card, though, uh, very fun, especially the main card. But what do you think? Uh, fights in, ter- in terms of fights you want to talk about, I mean
1: uh man where do we start i mean dude uh this is the one that got to me uh that's carl moore getting submission over carl brexton you were telling me about this earlier and kind of how it went i mean you told me that brexton had the, the submission early on and or not the submission but the, the fit he had heard him or tagged him early on and mm-hmm. then it seemed like he progressively got tired and carl moore ended up getting the submission i mean that's crazy i mean i fucking always mention carl brexton always hype him up i did not expect this I yeah i mean you never know who that next guy will be, right?
0: Mm. Yeah, man. Carl Buttrud was looking really good in the first round. I mean, he almost got the finish, and then Carl Moore just coming back in that second round, getting the submission win. That was that was awesome to see. Especially considering if I remember correctly, like he had like his like family in the crowd and shit. It's like a really nice moment.
1: But yeah, man, that was a great win by him. That's, that's one um, big Irishman, by the way.
0: Oh, dude. Yeah, absolutely. But. Uh, also in terms of like local fighters, Liam McCourt getting back in the win column, trying to get inch closer towards the title shot. We'll see what happens there. Um it was an alright fight against Diana Silva Uh Pedro Cavallo defeating Mads Brunel. That was a pretty nice fight, man. Uh Mads Brunel though. Brutal in that third round. Uh gassed out terribly. So yeah, Pedro Cavallo though. Solid win by him. Um on the undercard, card, Brett Johns getting back in the win column. Georgia Carahani, who we talked about in the past, uh we kind of talked about, like, about his slow decline that, like, just keeps on happening. And, uh, taking on K-Musa, another one, just a brutal performance by him. He just looked very, very slow, ends up losing by decision. Um, we'll see if he's called back one more belt or, uh, one more belt or event. We'll see, man, because he's had three fights in a row where he's just looked so shot. Um, which is, which is a damn shame, because, like, in his prime, dude, super fun action guy, former World Series of Fighting champion. I believe he fought for the Bellator title, didn't win it, or at least he was in, like, a couple of those tournaments. So, um, yeah, man, damn shame, but we'll see what happens to them next. But, yeah, man, this is a, this is a really fun card. I think the the energy whenever Bellator goes to Ireland is unlike anything else. I think they, else.
1: they really made the card for me. The crowd really did. It really got me excited and, and it's like, oh, whoa, well, I I, I want to be part of this, you know. Like, it, it made me feel some type of way. Exactly, and I, this
0: is one of those things Like I cannot believe – <laughs> the UFC has not gone to Ireland in so long. Like, I can't remember, when was the last time they went to Ireland? Was it whenever Conor made an event in, like, 2015, I think?
1: Probably, that's probably the last time. Just
0: crazy to me that they have not gone back.
1: But, they're like, um, no, we're going to go to England, because, you know, fuck, again. fuck all the yeah. other countries. But anyway, I can't handle them, it's worked out pretty well.
0: Yeah, it's worked out, Just, I'm disappointed about it, though. But yeah, I wish they would go back to Ireland, but if shit, if they're not, both will fill in that market. Good. you would love to see that shit, man. Because uh, that was an awesome card, so I can't wait to see him go back. But Bellator is going to be back, and they're going to be back on Saturday. They're going to be going head-to-head with the UFC. It's been a while since they've done that, but in terms of uh – they're bringing the fire, man. They're, they're they're bringing their best effort. Uh Bellator 286 from the Long Beach Arena in Long Beach, California. A featherweight title, main event. Patricio Pitbull, kind of unanimously agreed of, like, top three guys outside of the UFC – uh, recaptured the Bellator featherweight title in April with a unanimous decision win over AJ McKee. That was a very close fight. Keep be thinking on Adam Boric, 18-1, one loss to Darion Caldwell back in January 2020, just got caught in the World Grand Prix uh, via submission. Since then, he's won four in a row, last time out beat Madden Burnell in March. I think it's a, it's a lot closer fight than uh, what people are kind of giving it credit for, man. What do you think about this one?
1: Uh, I mean, good matchup. Young Gun on his way up, man. I mean, he's here; it's his opportunity. Just like AJ was here, you know, not too long ago. He's presented here. Funny enough, almost a similar record, right? Pretty, I mean, literally the same right now as it stands. Going to be different after that night. Could almost, hmm. it could still be matching by the end of it? We, we'll have to see, right? Yeah. But it is kind of crazy how the the parallel there, you know. And uh, for Pitbull man, I mean, he's looking to potentially what is it move down. Yeah, he said he's gonna,
0: his plan is to beat Aaron Pico and to beat Adam Borch and then move down to Bantamweight for another world title.
1: I mean, that's a, that's a, I mean, 135 is a stacked division in Bellator. I mean, stacked, I think everywhere that has a 135 division, I mean, they all have killers. It's just a fact. Uh, if he does do that, I mean, great for him, right? Uh, but first he has Adam Borch in front of him, and Adam Borch is a no slash man. I mean, there's a reason he's gone to this point. I mean, we know what happened last time, uh, Pitbull had a young, Hungry, talented kid in front of him, with uh, a splendid record. uh under, one was undefeated. This one is not. It's only one loss though. And uh, I Naborch mean, student, good stand up, good on the feet, uh, great jab, pit bull, a lot of advantages. Great power, both hands. capable up ending the fight at any moment. Has ground is you know was able to do stuff on the ground as well. Take it to the ground. I'm a I'm a lean pit bull man, but it's close. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too, man. Um, I want to go ahead and, you know what, man? I'm going to go for it. I've not made a, I've not made a, an upset pick in a while. I'm going to go ahead and go Adam Borch, man. Um, I've been very impressed during his last couple of wins. I think the size, more than anything, might be a problem for him, uh, for Patricio. I mean, Adam Borch is very big for the weight class. He's nearly six feet tall. Uh, he's coming off a... A really, really nice series of wins. And I think he's going to go ahead and get the upset win here, man. I, I don't know the odds, but I know that uh, Patricio is probably the favorite. I think he got caught by Darion Caldwell just a couple of years ago. And Darion Caldwell is on a bit of a losing streak these days, but I think most people forget how just how damn good he was for a minute there. Adam Borch just got caught in that one. That's his one loss his career to date. I think he goes out there and makes it 19-1 and, one and uh, upsets the whole division right there. He gets a win and uh, becomes champion.
1: Turns it on his head. Turns it on his head.
0: And it kind of works out, too, because if, if Patrice is already looking to go down, I mean, might as well just, you know, like... <laughs> just
1: get rid of the belt real quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I mean... He's so, like, hey, it
0: just made it easier for me. Yeah, exactly. But uh former Patricio Pitbull opponent, A.J. McKee making the walk and making the move to 100, 155 pounds, interesting matchmaking here because A.J. McKee could easily be fighting for the belt, but instead he's going to be fighting the unranked Alpha Ginger,
1: Spike Carlisle. <laughs> Whoa, Josh. That's his nickname. I know. You <laughs> think annoying. I just made that shit up? No, I don't know. I'm not, no, man. I was I'm not trying like, to get whoa. canceled, man. That's his nickname. do look at me. I mean, the way, you, the way you hyped it up, man, I was like, whoa, Josh. That's a solid excited. nickname. Anyways. You got excited there, bro. Anyways, former UFC veteran, super entertaining
0: during a stretch, um, signed a Bellator last year, um, is riding a 5-5 win streak. He's not ranked in the division yet, but, you know, probably could be after this one if he wins. Um in terms of like matchmaking, this is kind of weird, but in terms of like a fight, we know damn well that Spike Carlisle is going to bring the fight to AJ McKee, man. So what do you think about this
1: one? It's a banger, man. It's a hard fight for AJ, you know. I mean, you were talking earlier about how it kind of seems like it's, it's not really high, It doesn't really have a high reward and the risk, uh, like, uh, what's the, what's the saying, uh, low, uh, low reward, high risk, you know, mm-hmm. is kind of the thing here. But they, they, I heard, you know, I was listening to something that had offered him another ranked opponent and he didn't take the fight. He wanted, he specifically called for this fight and it's a hard fight. But I think it's a good way to get to see how his body will look at 155, how he's going to feel at 155, how he's going to move at 155, how his cardio is at 155. I mean, there's, I mean, he's not just going to be the same guy from 145 to 155. I mean, he might be 10 times better. We don't know. We'll have to see. But, I think it's a good testing ground. I'm happy he didn't go straight for, like, a fucking two feet or whoever at 155. You know, I'm happy that he went with the Spark Carlisle route personally. I know not everybody feels that way, but mm-hmm. I think it was a good idea. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, in terms of, like, matchmaking, like I said, it's a bit of a weird one. But if AJ could call for it, maybe he sees something there. And I also think he just wants a bit of, a, like, he's not really sure where he's at in his career. Like, he's he said that, like, he'd go back down to 145. He's not really committed to the 155 move. I think he just wants to test himself and see how he feels of 155 pounds. And I don't blame him. Um, I think he's going to pick up the win here. I'm sure you're on the same page. But in terms of like, AJ McKee, man, I mean, him at lightweight, there's so many possibilities. Same by the way, too. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I hope he sticks around in Bellator. I know that he's going to be free agent, not after this fight, but I think after his next one, he'll be a free agent. So, uh, it's going to get, it's going to get real interesting. Still only 27 years old. One mess up. In terms and even then, if it's a in terms of being a mess up, I mean he he went the distance with Patricio. It was a very close fight. Arguably could have won. Arguably could have won. Excuse me. I think that this going to be a very good fight here. And I think, but the big win here, he's right fucking there, dude. I mean he's he's just he's right in the same place he was before. So we'll see what happens. I think he does get that win, dude. In terms of overall card though, for Bells for 286, very very solid, especially the main card. So what fights are you most looking forward to on uh, on
1: Saturday? We just got to go one down, man. It's one of the most hyped prospects in MMA history. Aaron Pico against Jeremy Kennedy. I mean, that's a banger of a fight right there. Hard fight for Jeremy Kennedy, though. I think Aaron is going to. I think he's going to have a fun time in this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think Jeremy Kennedy is a solid talent.
0: I've I've kind of fucked before about it. I thought it was bullshit. He got card from the UFC and he had a solid run in PFL as well. He's having a good run in Bellator now. But I truly believe that Aaron Pico is the future. I mean, we got to remember this kid's only 26. He was 21 he, when the angel he was our age when he made his uh, Bellator debut, and he's a super prospect. And I think, you know, he started four and three, uh, but even then, like in his fifth fight, you know, he he knocked out like Leandro Higo, who's like a former like Bellator title challenger. So like, he was already legit then. Then he had to take a couple steps back, but dude. Right now, he's looking, I don't want to say unbeatable, but, like, God damn, does he look good, dude. I mean, he's, hes what, won six fights in a row? He hasn't even been challenged in a single one of those. His last fight against Adelie Edwards was just a brutal beat down. And Jeremy Kennedy's very, very good, but I think Aaron Pico might be too much for him. But regardless, I'm very excited to see what happens next. I think mean, Aaron Pico, this kid is, is still the future. That's what I think, man. I think this kid's going to be a champion sooner rather than later. later. But, yeah, very excited for that fight. In my opinion, best fight on the card, honestly. But there's another fight on the main card. Juan Traletta, Enrique Enrique Barzola at bantamweight. Banger right there, man. Um, Juan Traletta really needs a win. He's lost uh, two fights in a row. Um, Obviously lost the title to Pettis and then lost to the Grand Prix. Uh, Enrico Barzola is coming off that loss to Magomed Magomedov. No shame in that one. Uh, after before that, he had won two fights in a row. So that should be a really fun fight between two guys. You need to get back, uh, back on the right track at 135. Um, in terms of the undercard, there's a couple of good names to watch for. I'd say the number one guy is Mac who I think we there talked we about mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, I mean, this kid. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I think I said this, said it last week, but I thought it was so fucked up that they caught this kid. Um, who turned to find like one week notice, and he ultimately, he quit on the stool. But there's nothing wrong with, with doing that when you're outmatched, I think. Um, but still, he's only 28. He's 7 and 1. He's won two fights in a row. He's taking on Mike Hamill on the prelims. I think Max Roshkoff is, is uh, going to be a future contender at Beltor. I have no problem saying that. He's a good team around him, good mindset. And I'm very excited to see what happens to him in the future. Uh, any of the fights or any of the names we're going to talk about on this
1: one? I mean, I always got to send him out, Josh. Uh, Lance Gibson Jr. Oh, yes. Son of Lance Gibson Sr. Yep. Uh, back on the card. They're building him up slowly, man. Obviously, got had an opponent change on here. Fighting win Dominic Clark 15 to 12. And then another guy that I like a lot. Hopefully, and I'm pretty sure he made way. JJ Wilson. Back he- against, uh, Vladimir Tokov. So. An interesting fight there, one against the Russian. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, man. This is a very solid card. I'm very, very excited for this one. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Um, But, yeah, that's all we got in terms of MMA and, and, like, previewing and recapping. We do have some news to go over. And, uh, first up on the agenda, Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel, who we talked about when he made his Contender Series debut, you know, Dana did the whole almost Greg Hardy-esque, like, you know, you got to get one more, you know, like, you got, we got to see you do one more fight, and, um, so they did, they had him fight, I believe the kid's name was Donovan Beard, and... 8-1. 8-1, and to his credits, um, good guy, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, let's be honest, we knew it was gonna happen, I mean, no Bro, offense, I mean,
1: I I, I actually had, I was like, I'm curious to see if he's gonna, if he's gonna go down another round, like, I want to see if anything happens... I did not expect it to – I mean, Josh, with just the action itself, it was seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about, like, time until an exchange. I'm talking about, like, once he hit him to the ground, it was seconds.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll put it like this. Given Donovan Beard's talent and his record, I did expect it to make it past the first minute, but that did not happen. <laughs> um, I mean, it wasn't even close, man. Um
1: ultimately knocks him down i couldn't really tell if it's a knockdown or if it's just like a slip but anyways I goes know, on the dude, he knocked him down bro he that punch had some fucking power behind it he looked like he was yeah but he it looked was, like he,
0: he, he grabbed the leg at the same time I, but i couldn't really tell but regardless he, he did he, he threw
1: the punch and grabbed the leg i mean he he went down with it i mean it, yeah. just, it was beautiful technique
0: fair enough fair enough but anyways he ends up getting the submission triangle choke 52 seconds in dude i saw somebody uh Made a, a compilation video of like Bo Nickel's entire MMA career, and they're like, Yes, this is this video is only two minutes and 30 seconds long, and he's had three fights, so um, yeah, dude, that's still was,
1: two minutes though, dude.
0: Yeah, he's a savage though, but um, yeah, he finally gets UFC contract, which we expected, we knew that was going to happen. In terms of his future career prospects, he gets on the mic and he calls out Hamzat Shamayev or Logan Paul, that's what he said. He said, Give wow. me one, um. The other one was obviously a joke, but yeah, man. In terms of Bo Nichols, he seems to actually want the, the fast rise. I don't know if that's a wise move. In terms of Bo Nichols' next career steps, if you're if you see for some reason they come to you like Angel, we know that you're the smartest man in MMA. You know, like we, we want you to match make for Bo Nichols' next fight. What do you do? Do you have a name in mind? Do you, or even, not even just a name in mind? Would you? What do you? What are you pushing him for? Top five, top ten, top fifteen, top fifty. I mean, what do you think should be next for it?
1: I, I mean, I, I think you still need to, like, see what, what the level is. You know, I, I know it's very clear, hey, yeah, he's beat these guys quick, but give him a guy. I mean, it depends. If you really want to push him, give him a guy outside of the top 15, like a top 30 guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And see so what happens. Especially at 85, I mean, he can get – I mean, it's not going to take long. You know what I mean? It yeah. really isn't. And I'm curious to see how he does it against guys like, you know, like a, a – you know, Kelvin, you know, Nazarene Imanov, I mean, a, you know, what is it? Cause he's fighting at 85, right? Yeah, correct. I mean, there's a lot of tough fights there, dude. Marma Mittori at some point in the future. Shit, when he gets there, Robert Whitaker. I mean, oh, obviously, Jesus. I mean, we're talking way ahead, but it's just like, you know. Yeah. I feel like you need to build him up, you know, he's young and it's still only, you know, three fights. Unless he's, unless he's that guy, Josh, unless he goes into his next fight and fights a guy like, like maybe a Brad Tavares that does the same thing he did there, then you gotta be, you gotta be thinking about pushing it then, you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I think that, um I think you you gotta ride on the money. I see a lot of people are winning like, oh man, he's, he will fuck up Hamza out right now. I'm like...
1: Dude, he will shit on Izzy,
0: dude. Dude, you guys gotta chill out, though. dude, he's gonna style on Izzy, dude. He's gonna take I him down. The amount, of, the amount of people I saw, like, being like, "Oh, you dude, Nickel would literally fuck up Rob Vodka right now." I'm like, you guys are bugging, dude. Like, you guys are fucking crazy. I love Bo Nickel. And in two, three years, let's have that conversation. The guy is three fights into his career, and he has not fought anybody of of like a top caliber, not even close. And that's no offense to Donovan Beard or uh, the other kid that he fought before him. Um, that's no offense. That's just reality. Like, those guys are not top they're not in the UFC for a reason. But I think for his career, a lot of people are like, well, we gotta give him a top five guy, a top ten guy, maybe even Hamza first. I'm like, no, let's chill the fuck out. Like, let's let's chill out, dude. This kid has less than three minutes of cage time. Let's give him a top thirty guy, a top thirty five guy. There's no shame in giving him a slow rise. Maybe not even a slow rise. Top thirty, then top twenty, then top fifteen, top ten, top five. Like Five fights, and boom, he's there for a title. That's very simple. We do not have to fast-track this kid and fuck up his career. There's no reason for that. I think Dane has learned, honestly. I really think he has. Like, there are some guys that demand a fast rise, and Bo Nickel could be that guy, but there's never been a time where they sign somebody with three fights and they throw him to I mean, Hamza or
1: a top-three guy immediately. Mean, is, is it, is it possible? I mean, do you, do you see – obviously, this is very early on. Do you, could you see Bo Nickel doing something crazy like – I'll be going out there and beating two guys real quick, like near the top 15, if not outside the top 15, or maybe one guy in the top 15, one guy outside, and it's like, oh shit. This is the real deal.
0: I think if he goes out and he beats uh like, I think if he does that scenario, like you're saying, he'd get a top three guy.
1: Who would you like him to see fight? Because he's obviously the UFC now, outside of the 185, guy, outside of the rankings, if he was not in the 185, who would you like him to see, would you like him to see fight?
0: Well, we just talked about it. Um, maybe the loser of Brendan Allen versus Christoph Jocko.
1: Okay, there's are some hard Both fights. of those guys
0: are names. Neither one is ranked. And I'd say the winner, but the winner might be ranked. I don't want to see him fight a ranked guy yet. Uh-huh. I think the loser of that matchup makes a lot of sense. But even then, I'm just spitballing here. I mean, it could, it could be anybody but I think the timeline works for that. I mean, it could be the winner for all I give a shit, but, like, it could...
1: Damn, um, gosh, okay.
0: <laughs> I'm just... Yeah, I, I, was, I was just backtracking. It could be either guy, but the point is that, like, the the timing works out really well with that fight. Like, they're both fighting right around the same time, so...
1: And he, and he wants to fight again. Yeah, I mean, he said he wants to be ready by
0: December. So, I mean, throw him on one of those end-of-the-year cards. You see Loves doing those end-of-the-year cards, so...
1: So we'll see what happens. Um, no, I don't think he's, awesome. gonna, he's gonna get on a big pay. I feel like he's gonna get on a pay per view, dude. That's I'm what I think. I think.
0: I think they're gonna throw him on that end of the year pay per view
1: in December. You know, still potential Jones question mark. Obviously, it's quite down at this point, but you never know. Yeah, I mean,
0: and just taking a look at, at the division. I mean, they have got <laughs> so there's a there's a ranking MMA.com. dot com because I try to look up at the website. UC doesn't even have the full. I wish they did. Process. That's so I wish, stupid. I wish they did. I can't believe it. It out. I mean, I think there's a couple of good names for him. I think they can give him to Ugly Man Joe Holmes. I think that'd be a fun fight. Um, I think... I hope they don't do some shit. Like, I hope they don't, like, throw him, like, Nick Diaz or something. Like, I hope they don't do anything like that. No, if, no, 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 no. Well, the UFC loves doing that. They try to I mean, they try to do... They try to throw both Diaz brothers at Jemayev, so, I mean... Um, <laughs> I mean, Roman Kapilov might be interesting. Abdul Hazak Al Hassan, I think it was the name I saw. That that, that 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 that's a good one. That's a good one, I think. He's dangerous. Julian Marquez potentially. Yep. He's, he's Andre he's, Petrovsky I mean, there's so many names. Andre, that'd be a good fight. That's what I think
1: too. He's, Eight he's, and
0: one, undefeated UFC.
1: Has some racist capabilities. Not to say pedigree, but MMA wise. Yeah, I think I think if we're gonna narrow it
0: down, I think that's a good fight. Is it lower record? You know yeah I think Andre Petrovsky that's a good a good call, yeah I think that'd be the one to make honestly, either Andre or Abdul or Joseph Holmes, I think
1: I'm a big fan of ugly
0: ugly man Joe I'm a big fan of that guy, so we'll see what happens but um yeah I think any one of those three fights makes sense, and then also, like I mentioned, like possible any either the loser of this this fight between Allen and uh Jocko makes sense, but um.
1: Some hard yeah, man. fights, man. Hard yeah. some hard fights for your what is it, fourth, fifth MMA fight? That's yeah, the... but
0: the reality is that this kid was never gonna he was never gonna get like a who's the worst guy at one eighty five right now? Like I can't even think of
1: I mean the worst ranked guy is probably like no offense, Calvin.
0: No, yeah, but not even rankings wise. I meant like worst guy overall.
1: Like <laughs> uh, uh, somewhat old. I mean it has to be somewhat old. I don't know who's old in the division.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But no disrespect. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna get a good guy. He's gonna get a good guy, but hopefully out of the rankings. And I hope they, they take, I, the UFC can match make well when they choose to. And I think they're gonna choose to do that here, so. Anyways, man. Very excited for Bo Nichols UFC future, but now we gotta bounce back to Bellator real quick. Um, Bellator, which has a light heavyweight Grand Prix ending in November, a bantamweight Grand Prix scheduled to end in next March, they have narrowed down their next division, which they're gonna do Grand Prix, which by the way, uh, best thing Bellator does. By a mile, in my opinion. They've had some really bad luck with their last two. The Bantamweight Grand Prix ravaged by injuries. I mean, Jesus Christ. But, hey, still some solid fights out of it. Like, hey, man. But I mean, it, was, it was a great event, though. I
1: mean, or it is.
0: Yeah. It, well, especially because, I mean, that fight with Magomedov and fucking, um, I can't think of his name right now. Ruvan Stotz.
1: Oh, Stotz, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of really good guys still in that tournament. So... I mean, Pashy Bears, Magaman, Magaman, Mag- 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 Rufion versus uh, Savitella, which is going Mag- to go down, and obviously the finals of whatever we get. Exactly, exactly. So there's, there's still good, good guys in there. but The Grand Prix mm, are always good. Let's just be honest.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so Scott Coker announced yesterday on the there, MMA Hour that Lightweight is going to be their next Grand Prix, which.
1: Whoof. That's going to be. They picked yeah. up a few guys, man, and some guys have built themselves. That's. Uh, wow. The guy who comes out of that, dude, is. Uh, you know, UFC or not, dude, up there. And he you know? did not announce the full the full cast for it, obviously, but he yeah, did. I mean, Josh, let's – we know who's going to be in there. Yeah, and he, and he is. went
0: ahead and – well, he threw some names out there, and I reported on this from BJPenn.com, greatest MMA site on the, the planet. What, uh, what is you, that? One more time, Josh. I'm sorry. BJPenn.com, if you want what, to listen to podcast. One more
1: time, real slow.
0: BJPenn.com, like the former UFC champion, owned by the former UFC champion, the GOAT. Um, also Thank you, the, Josh. the 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 podcast, by the way, if you guys know, just Scraps hosted by, by my boy Cole Shelton, very good. It's available on Spotify. Um, very good, solid podcast, best MMA team on the planet. But anyways, when Aaron Fordon's there, apparently he he threw out a couple of the names, which are likely to be in it. Um, those names being Tafik Musafayev, Usman Nurmagomedov, Patricky Pitbull, Benson Henderson, Peter Quigley. Uh, yeah, those are those are the names that he threw out. So, dude god damn that's gonna be a hell of a tournament dude and there's still other guys they could throw in there hey you know like patricio said he wants to move down 135 maybe he could be enticed for a little payday to move up to 155 where he's a former champion you know um maybe there's a this free agent which we'll be talking about in a couple minutes maybe he wants to come back oh yeah i didn't even think about that dude <laughs> yeah i mean by the way that's the best time for him to be a free agent because there's so much like potential for him right now but um, in terms of, like, name value and getting paid. So, yeah, man. And
1: Beltor, what do you think about them?
0: Is this the right call for lightweight? Because I really do think it is. I think it's the best
1: division they could have used for this right now. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to the current champ, but let's be honest, Josh, that title run was, you know, that didn't last very long, I think, when, when the right guys got of those positions. And this is really going to show who's the best at lightweight. And what are the best lightweights in the world, dude? Because, honestly, they got some really, really good guys. You know? Yeah, yeah, they do.
0: I mean, he, he, Scott Cooper went and said, like, I think the lightweight division is the best it's ever been. I don't know if I agree with that, but, like, well,
1: it's, it's the close. Best, uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's close, but for, for Bellator, you know, it's pretty, fuck, it's pretty solid, Josh. Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of, like, the
0: depth of the division is the big thing, because, like, I, Bellator's I guess it, been more yeah. top-heavy with, with during that era yeah. of, like, Michael Chandler and Eddie Alvarez and um, Will Brooks and guys like that, like, that was more top heavy but the like in terms of the depth of the division right now like i mean the top 8 guys are pretty solid though top 10 guys are pretty solid yeah you're goddamn right so um yeah man going to be a hell of a show next year can't wait for that War has some momentum man it feels like it feels like War was kind of stagnant for a while there i feel like they've got some momentum right now and we'll see what they do with it but in terms of a uh, a company that has Shit, I don't know if momentum's the word, but they're making some moves. Uh, PFL, who we t- we talk about from time to time, we can't really talk about them in a preview or recap aspect because they do their shows at weird times. Um, fuck me, you know. Like I'd love to talk about them, but like sometimes they do Wednesday shows, Thursday shows, whatever. Like,
1: hey man, who- they're they're they got some good events going on. I I, I, I like. I think the only thing the only issue with them is their concept of the whole uh, like season and point thing, but. I mean, they're they're in a pretty solid place.
0: They are. They are, and I agree with that. Um, but they are going to make the bold decision, and I don't agree with it, and I'll talk about why in a minute. But uh, PFL, which they, they've talked about wanting to experiment with pay-per-view for a while now, and their main target from what I've heard was they wanted to get Chris Cyborg on board for a, a fight with Kayla Harrison. they were going to put that on pay-per-view. That'll probably do pretty well, honestly. That's that's an excellent fight, and if they build the undercard well, that could be a, a big pay per view. towards done pay per views in the past; they both did around a hundred thousand, which is apparently like the break even point, from my understanding, for pay per view is around a hundred thousand. Um, PFL is going to do pay per view. They're going to have Kayla Harrison. No Chris Cyborg though. Uh, it's going to be Kayla Harrison versus Larissa Pacheco. The trilogy, which is honestly a, an excellent fight. Um, they're going to do that on pay per view for the PFL Championships on November 25th. First time PFL is doing pay-per-view. As far as the fight card goes, outside of the headliner, Kayla Harrison, there's Petchenko, like I mentioned, they have all the world title fights. They also have a couple of uh, special, I believe it's, they call them like showcase fights, uh, which includes Shane Burgos versus Mala Marias, two uh, former UFC guys who are now in some of their big signings. Uh, they also got Jeremy Stevens on the prelims. We don't know the price, but... The
1: price point for this one, um, not yet I, anyway. I think that's very important, by the way, for for them, because if it's like UFC price, it's not going to do well.
0: Yeah, it's that. That would be that would be brutal. But, um, in terms of a fight card, man, I mean, what it's, do you think about you think about the decision? Yeah,
1: yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, it, it's solid. I think it's good. Pay per view, scary, right? I mean, I'll put it like this. Do I think the main card is pay-per-view caliber? I think so. You know, pretty close. As, as best as they could do, you know what I mean? I mean, especially with the stakes and everything on the line, yeah. I mean, if there's a time for them to do the pay-per-view throughout the year, I mean, this this is the time when they're doing all the championship fights and and the, you know, obviously all the money's to be handed out and then the showcase fights and everything. I mean, there, it's, it's going to be a great night of MMA. I mean, if you want MMA, it's going to be a good night. I think it'll be definitely worth your money. I just think as far as... You Know for everybody and not everybody who follows, I mean, it, it people might not want to spend that kind of money if it's up there in price and it's just not reasonable with it. But I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, if it's whatever they cost, it, would, you know, the cost of what it is to get a UFC pay review, that should be a hard sell,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I think for shit,
1: 40 bucks, yep, yep, I agree, I mean, that's that's what I was thinking, Thirty nine ninety nine, something around there,
0: yeah, and then I mean shit like that'd be nice honestly but i think anything above that it's gonna be a tough sell you know what i mean especially if it's UFC price which i don't even remember dude because we split it what's the price of these favorites now like i mean it's it's like damn near 80 bucks that's what i thought yeah it's ridiculous so if they go that way it's the over under on pay-per-view advice is gonna be 50 not fifty thousand, just 50 but if they go like 40 bucks maybe even 49.99 like that that'd not be bad, especially or some for weird
1: shit like forty four Yeah, like did you say forty-four? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. forty. Yeah, like forty-five bucks. You know what I mean? Like that'd be that'd be fine. You know. But if but if their they are like, okay, guys, ten bucks. <laughs> nah, oh they're my they're god, not. that'd be incredible. It's ESPN. Like, yeah, they're not gonna do that. They're, no, they're not. But like those greedy
0: fucks. If they do anything below forty, I'd be shocked. But like if they throw like thirty bucks out
1: there, shit, dude. That's come on. That's smart. Like, that's smart.
0: Yeah, like that'd be, be solid. I think it's smart to lowball it, honestly. Well, when, when Invicta started, before Invicta was on a uh, UFC fight pass, and before they were on, like, other, like, television stuff, they, they had, they had, they had 20 buck pay-per-views, which I thought was pretty solid at the time. Like, um but yeah, man, in terms of, like, PFL, like, the card's solid, that's not a problem. Like, they got all their champions, and there's Names. a lot of, former, yeah, they got former Stevie Ray, Olivia obama CA, uh, Kayla Harrison, obviously, Bubba Jenkins, Shane Burgos, Marlon Varice, Jamie Stevens is back, Omar Madoff is back, um, very very solid in
1: terms of names. It's now, strong, dude. It's it's very strong. Like you take, I mean, Josh. Let's be honest. Remove PFL. It's here at UFC with all UFC branding. I mean, pretty. You can sell that pretty fucking well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, and I, I, the thing I'm a little bit surprised about, which
0: I think, I think he could make his way on here. Um, actually, I think we should just talk about this in conjunction because I could see this guy being a late addition. Eddie Alvarez. Is a free agent. And you know what I think the smart move is, dude? I think if I had to pick where Eddie Alvarez ends up, and he says he's open to UFC, Bellator, he's open to everything, right? And he's 38 years old. He just ended his one stint. He asked for his release. He went one, two, and one there. I think he's going to go to PFL. I think he's going to. I think that makes a <sighs> lot of sense where he's at right now. See, and Here's my prediction. Now, hold on. Let me finish. Fuck, finish. I know. I know. I think I think he heads the PFL and here's my prediction. I think it's this this card we got right now going down in late November and then it's Eddie Albers versus uh, Showtime Pettis 2 Also added to the card. Oh okay. Because they got to get name value on there. This card is solid right now, but in terms of, like huge name value, not a lot there. I was surprised Pettis wasn't already booked for this because they got like Jeremy Stevens on the undercard. They got a couple of former USC guys. But like, I
1: mean, granted though, Pettis fought how many times this year for them? Uh, well, I mean, it, it was, was at least normal, three, four? for or three or was four? It, it was at least three, right, for the, the, the points, right, or four, plus what he did in the actual tournament format, which is one more, because I know he lost, I'm pretty sure he lost the first round against Stevie Ray, mm-hmm. so yeah, he fought like four times, five times, I don't know, a lot. Mm. Yeah,
0: I mean, still though, I he fall like the normal amount for the season. Same as all the people on the card, though.
1: Oh, true, true, but still, I mean, on the potty, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair enough, but um, yeah, I mean, like I said, that's my that's my prediction. I think Eddie Alvarez. I mean, where do you think he ends up? Honestly? I mean,
1: I think I think there's doors everywhere. You know, PFL is an option. I think, uh, obviously, Bellator return at Bellator is always possible. Maybe you the UFC ban run it back with corner one more time, maybe RDA, Chandler, he's there, they'll make money, you know?
0: Yeah, but I think the UFC, it's very rare for somebody to leave the UFC and the UFC like, just take that real well, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, you know, that's that's true as well, but, I mean, hey man, take advantage of him, you know? It's, mm-hmm. it's truth. Yeah, but, yeah, I
0: mean, I think that that's where he's probably going to end up, and I think he'll probably make his way on that pfl pay-per-view because they need some more name value See, the thing I, think is, that though,
1: sense. I don't know if it could be will you compete during the season or do you think you just do like showcase matches i think that they're just gonna do show i think probably just do showcase
0: matches because that's what uh, a lot of their bigger stars have said now they're like Kayla harrison said she's like yeah i'm done like i'm done doing the tournament thing like after this one so um yeah and to be completely honest with you i think it's probably run its course like, I, whenever PFL first came around, and I enjoy PFL still, but I think when they first came around, they had a lot more momentum in terms of, like, using the tournaments, because they had a gimmick. But now they're an established promotion. They have that done. If they want to do, a, like, a tournament once a year with one weight class, kind of similar to Bellator, that'd be one thing. But, like, I think some of their bigger stars are probably like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm pretty sure Pettis is probably going to be done doing tournaments, too. Because, yeah. like, some of those weight cuts, 155, now that he's getting older, probably killing it. I think Eddie Allard is going to be the same case. Kayla Harrison already said she's done. I mean... That's where I think we're at, so um, we'll see what happens, though. I mean, I think PFL is a really weird place where they have so much money, and they have, like, people don't realize, like, the investors PFL has is, like, insane. They have so much money, but, like, nobody watches them, so <laughs> yeah, they're in a and, weird place. And
1: though. they have great quality. Their production's good. They got good commentary. They they really have a, a very high ceiling. I, I think they they need to just push it and... Change the concept, man. I think that the tournament thing is, can only take them so far, and it's fun. Don't get me wrong; it's fun, mm-hmm. but it's, but it's just the way you do it. I think if they just go straight back to how it was with the World Series of Fighting, and they were just promoting fights. I mean, they had, I mean, they had Justin Gaethje, Marlon Moraes back then, and I mean, a bunch of other guys I can't name off the top of my head. Yeah, who were entertaining. I mean, they had a was it Nick Newell? I mean, he fought Justin Gates. Oh, yeah, you're goddamn right. right. That Nick Newley. Yeah. is was a savage in World Series of Five. I mean, yeah, exactly. A little deep cut there, but yeah.
0: And, uh, by the way, one thing I have heard, somebody who may get added to this card, uh, another boost in name value, um, is, uh, Clarissa Shields, if <laughs> she gets through Savannah Marshall. Oh, so, wow. um, she said she wants to make it onto this year card, end of the year card, so we'll see what happens. No, Josh,
1: they're going to sign Anderson Silva.
0: No, I don't think. I think. <laughs> I think there's zero chance Anderson ends up in a uh, in BFL.
1: Oh yeah, what MMA in general? I think. He yeah. Does, well,
0: um, I mean, uh, we'll talk about him. We're actually about to talk well, about. Well, right yeah, now. yeah,
1: yeah. You're right. Yeah, I, because I uh, heard about this earlier today, by the way. Oh sweet, yeah. So, um, in
0: terms of Anderson Silva, we obviously know he's going to be fighting Jake, the Problem Child, Paul on pay per view, Showtime. Um, in almost thirty days. In almost thirty days coming up quick, but. Uh, he, said he, wants to, he said he wants to fight for two more years. He wants to retire at the age of 49 because he thinks 50's, I don't know, I guess that's, I don't know, that's his choice, whatever. I think 50 would be a nice round number, but um, he's choosing 49. He wants to be, retire at 49, and he said he wants to fight in MMA uh, one or two more times and call it quits in Japan. Well, there's only a couple of possibilities if that's the case, and one of those possibilities is Bellator, And Scott Coker confirmed earlier this month, and he talked. He's been talking about it recently. He's like, "Yeah, like Anderson's doing the thing with Showtime. We're on Showtime. We've actually talked to him in the past about signing to Bellator. And the fight that they want to book is a old school Pride esque super fight between Fedor Emelianenko and Anderson Silva. That'd be soccer kicks, head stops. That would be
1: steroids. (laughs) (laughs) Are you implying that Fedor and Anderson would not be clean for this? Uh, I dude, if they dude honestly, if they wanted to take all of the TRT they wanted, I could give two fucks. Yeah, uh,
0: I don't care. Either. <clears throat> yeah, but anyways, man. Um, that's their goal is they're gonna try and do Fedor versus Anderson at some point in twenty twenty three. Uh, Scott Curtis said he's down for it. They said like weight may be a bit of a problem, but I'm sure they can find a solution. Two oh five. Yeah, I mean, Fader is not a big heavyweight or two ten. I mean, if Fader weighed catchweight, fuck it, yeah, you're yeah, right. there's they could do anything they want, honestly. Especially if they're fighting in Japan, there's literally no athletic commission. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure they'll they'll figure something out. I mean, dude. they could like, do
1: open weight if they really wanted to, too. Yeah, they
0: could. They could do that too. I mean, they have so many options, and I love this fight, dude. I actually do. I think, like, in terms of Fader and his career, like, it's so tough to find an opponent because it's like, how how
1: close are they in age?
0: uh that's a good
1: ask Next question hold on a, uh, this is actually a very important thing to me
0: I, they're within two years apart okay so let me see i know that anderson's 47 i think anderson's
1: 47 fador's 46. i love that yeah perfect yeah, yeah that's make make it happen yeah make, and, make it happen they're both legends their chins are both in cracked they they're they they deserve this Actually.
0: Yeah, they do. They do. And in terms of being a fight, it's way more competitive now than it would ever be because they're both way older. Yeah,
1: um, that sounds. Could you? I mean, Josh. I mean, could you even imagine saying this back in the day? Fedor versus Anderson Silva.
0: No, but also though, it'd be it'd be kind of like an
1: old school.
0: Pride super fights. Whenever you know, Fedor was reigning up at heavyweight. Anderson was a title contender back down at what 185. Wouldn't,
1: wouldn't that be epic, dude? In the in the ring, and then like pride style walkouts. And, it, well, that's the
0: best outcome, right? Because you got these two guys who are both older, they're past their prime. Anderson, for his part, is turning back the clock, and Fedor did that in his last fight by knocking out Tim Johnson. So, I mean, it's 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 the hype. I mean, you could sell me on it very. I'm getting hyped talking about it right that's now. That's what dude. I'm saying, dude. Like. Make it uh, happen. At, at first glance, it's like, oh, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But then you got to remember where, where these guys come from. Like, they're both guys who are game as fuck, brought up in the same era. Could have easily have fought in back in Pride by the back in the day. Just by sure coincidence, they didn't. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I mean, like, do it in Japan. It, possibly double retirement. Anderson Anderson may not call it quits, but Fedor wants to. Like, he's been ready. He was ready to retire earlier this year. Because so they apparently they're going to do a fight in. The red square in in yep. Russia, but yeah. due to, you know... <laughs> Political things. Of, due, due, due to Putin wanting to literally end the world, like, they decided to call it off, so... Uh, um, holy shit, I, I really hope Fader doesn't get drafted. That just occurred to me. That could happen. Nah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I mean, they just drafted Nikolai Valuev. Really? Right now, yeah. I just saw an article right now. You know, the seven-foot heavyweight, former champion fought David Hay? Yeah. Holyfield? Yeah, he has got drafted, so... Jesus, fuck, I hope that doesn't happen, but, um, anyways, um, yeah, man, if, if, if Fedor's talking about... Yeah, dude,
1: Fedor, Fedor, Fedor knows Putin, dude, let's be honest, like, this, this is this really gonna happen?
0: I mean, it could, though, uh-huh. I, they, I think you
1: overestimate how much Putin cares about people, um, but, even people
0: he likes, so... Who knows? And, anyways, man, uh... Best case scenario, I think Fatal versus Anderson is the, the fight to make in 2023. Regardless if he beats Jake Paul or not, honestly, I think it doesn't lose any. Even if Anderson gets murked by Jake Paul, which I do not think will happen, I think it loses zero lustre. Honestly, but that's just my opinion.
1: That but, sounds so fun, dude! You got me so excited for that. I know. I heard like, about it earlier today, but us us talking about it actually like put excitement within me. Yeah, one hundred percent. It is it lit a, a fire in me, Josh. It lit a fire in you, dude. I think it's the fight to make.
0: But, anyways, man, uh, that's all I got in terms of uh, in terms of uh, topics
1: for this week. So, is there anything else we
0: talk about before we close out?
1: Nothing else, man. I mean, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy that MMA is back, Josh. And I mean, the pay per view for next month, Josh. I mean, it's one of the greatest pay per views I think we'll ever see on paper, and hopefully how it plays out. Yeah, and that's a.
0: I don't forget. I can't remember. Is that fight happening earlier in the day because it's in Abu Dhabi or not? It has, it has
1: to be. It has to be. There's no way it isn't just because of the time. A, li- a little bit earlier. I think they'll try to make it as time friendly as they can. Let me. I mean, shit. Up, you remember Habib Gachee was like at what? Like two o'clock.
0: Yeah, Habib Gachee fought at two o'clock. Uh, Glover Teixeira fought at like
1: four o'clock our time. I mean, hey, that was a fucking banger of a card. though. best card of the year, in my opinion. But, that year, yeah, I agree. I mean, this this is. I mean, I'm, oh, I think shit, this card. Angel, we got.
0: It is. One PM CDT. Which would be. That would be. Wait a minute. Why did it, it translated the opposite way? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I believe that would be like one PM our time. Mm-hmm. So. Main card. Yep.
1: Ah, oh, so go pretty. I'll run until like five then. Yeah, that'll be that'll be yeah,
0: one PM our time. So yeah, um interesting decision there. Um but anyways just, man
1: supposed to five, like four or whatever will be, who knows.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that'll, that'll be fun. Uh like you said, dude, arguably the greatest pay review all time. We're I'm still psyched for that one. But anyways, man, um I believe that's all we got for this show. So I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm at Josh Evanoff on Twitter. He's at Andrew Tiggut and score oh one. At Quartzside Town for all things related to the show. If you guys enjoyed, it, peace and butt Grease. Mouse click!